Hey friend! Oh my gosh, so I don't know about you, but I am loving all graphic t-shirts, graphic sweatshirts, and hey, did you know I actually have one for Open the Magic or Picture Books for My Jam? I pretty much live in my pink one all fall and winter, and I'd love for you to get on the train with me. So all you have to do is pop over to my Magic Wear shop, and you can get there by typing in bit.ly backslash capital R capital R Magic Wear. Again, that is B-I-T dot L-Y backslash capital R capital R Magic Wear. Let's open the magic together while being stylish. Yay! Hey friends! Welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. Welcome back to another episode of Confetti Moments. Today, I have Lauren of Lauren's Literacy Corner. I am so excited. Let me tell you a little bit about how I met Lauren. I met Lauren through Instagram. Like, I think we all meet our lovely book friends through Instagram. And I just love her heart, her heart for books, her heart for early literacy. And I brought her on today's episode because she has such great information for parents of how to help a child learn to read, how to keep the love of reading going. And I think right now during a pandemic, parents need all the tips. So Lauren, I'm so, so excited to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks so much for having me, Courtney. I'm so excited to be here and just honored to be part of your amazing community. Um, I am a former classroom teacher. I got my bachelor's in elementary education, and I was just so excited to get in the classroom. My heart immediately felt so full. Um, I taught fourth grade, kindergarten, first grade, little early childhood, loved it. And I had my daughter. Um, She is a toddler now, and it's been a joy. I decided to follow my passion with literacy, and I am currently getting my master's, and I have been out of the classroom for a little bit. When the pandemic started, I just felt that push to really share my love of learning and the joy of being a lifelong learner that really starts from birth. And I was so excited to start Lauren's Literacy Corner. It has been um, a labor of love and I've just been so overjoyed with all the parents that have found that love for reading with their young children. I love it. And she's not going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this about Lauren. So Lauren is a real expert (laughs) and I want to learn how to do them because I'm still stuck in side parts and skinny jeans. And I I uh, wear skinny jeans and I rock a side part too. Don't be fooled. Yes. But she's so good at reels. Like I'm literally having her teach me next week how to do it because I really (laughs) want to do it. So definitely check out her reels and we're deaf. We'll talk later about where you can find Lauren, but definitely check out her reels because they're so good. Thank you. Okay. I have a follow. You're welcome. I have a follow-up question. So I get asked this a lot too. So I want to know of the grades that you've taught, which has been your favorite? I would say kindergarten because I, I just felt all of that joy that I have for early literacy. And for so many children, kindergarten is really the first time they ever step into a formal classroom. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of connection with the parents. Um, That was the first time that I realized really how much of a village we are supporting children and that 
working with the parents to develop that love of learning. They're at home developing it and then they come to school and then they leave us at the end of the year. Kindergarten really just showed me the impact that we can have um, on a child's life, but also the importance of really connecting with those families to keep that love going. I love that. And my comment back to you is bless your soul. I <laughs> love that you love kindergarten. I am just like, I, I'm just not a primary teacher. Third grade is about the lowest I can go. And I love teaching third grade, but like fifth grade is like my people. Like I just <laughs> love the older kids, but I love that you love the kindergartners. Okay. So our whole like topic today is really about literacy in the home. And I am the youngest of three girls in my family. I have two older sisters who both have kids. I do not have kids yet. And my sisters are amazing parents, but they'll reach out to me and be like, okay, what do I do? I have, you know, my one son, you know, loves books. My other son's like, peace out, mom. I'd rather go play basketball. Like what advice can you give parents that would change their perspective of reading in the home? What a great question, because this is also a question I get a lot. I think the number one thing that I want to communicate to parents is that reading is a lifelong journey. That journey starts, I mean, there's even research to support that. That journey starts in utero when that child is in the womb. And guess what, parents? Your reading journey is still going on. It's not over. When you graduated, it's not like, oh, I learned how to read and I'm good to go. Your journey continues. And I think that looking at our child's journey as a lifelong journey is so important because it's not a race. There is no finish line. We want children to find that love of reading. And Courtney, like you say, that confetti moment. And I think that that's really important that we keep that, that that's our perspective, that we're not trying to have a child be reading at grade level or above grade level or meet certain academic skills. We want them to be a lifelong learner, someone that loves reading. That's where that growth is really going to come from. I am literally fist pumping right now. Like if people, I'm sitting in my car. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm having a huge water leak at my house. So I can't record in my house because you would hear 900 um, blow dryers. But I need to know like, okay, so we both have said like, you need to be reading in the home. So are you, you need to open the magic. You need to have those confetti moments. But how does a parent who doesn't like, not that they don't love books, but they just don't have the book background that you and I do. What do they do? The first thing that I would recommend is to think about the word choice. No one likes to jump into something without having a choice, including children, even really, really, really young children that you think, well, I'm just going to choose the books for them. I think that the best thing that we can do is really believe in that power of choice. So when I think of choice, I think of two things. One, are there books readily available in your home in a variety of locations? So you don't have to have a ton of books to do this, but just to have a couple books in the kitchen, a couple books in your child's room, a couple books in the family room, that's going to provide choice for when your child's feeling that intrinsic motivation, that curiosity to go read. And also it's going to provide choice with the books that your child chooses from because there's a couple books to choose from right there in that room. Second for choice, are the books selected with your child in mind? So we all have our own unique interests and preferences, but it's so important that we really honor that with our children. They're not going to fall in love with reading if they never fall in love with a book. And following what your child is interested in is so important. If your you know, young child enjoys going on walks outside, okay, then grab some books from your local library that have to do with the outdoors. If your child is really interested in your pet, find books about dogs, you know, if you have a dog. I think that providing choice is really a great starting point. And that's where you're going to start to see 
um, that motivation to read really grow and you can go from there. I love that. Now you talked about library books. So um, books are expensive. I'm fully aware of that myself. Um, Where can parents find books for cheaper or for free to facilitate this love for reading within the home? That's such a great question. So the first thing that I recommend um, parents to do is talk with your friends that have kids. (laughs) If you have a group of people that you can just rotate books around, that's an amazing place to start, even just within your neighborhood. I love that idea. So since the pandemic started in my little neighborhood, it was something that I really wanted to do at the beginning was sharing all of these children's books that I have from being a classroom teacher. And I just dropped off little baskets at a couple of my neighbors' homes because they didn't have the opportunity to browse their teachers' libraries. You know, talk with your neighbors and see if maybe you could switch a couple books a week. It really doesn't have to be a lot. Just a couple new books in the home can make a huge difference. But outside of that, I really recommend working with your public library. A lot of libraries now offer where you can type in books online, request a pickup with like 30 books, and they're ready for you, ready to go. You don't even have to go in there. But we find a lot of books at thrift stores. We find a lot of books at garage sales talk to your child's teacher. I know they have hundreds of books that they would love to share with you. If you reach out, just don't be afraid to ask. Oh my gosh. I love, love this so much. (laughs) Oh, parents. I hope you're loving this episode as much as I am. Oh, it's so great. So I'm all about fun confetti moments. And I know you are too, Lauren. So how can a parent make reading fun in their home? What, like, give me three ideas a parent could do tomorrow. So the first thing is put away all of the books that you have right now, take out just a couple books that you think will meet your child's interest, face them outwards and read them. I'm talking if your child's not even looking at you, go over there, get excited, lay on the floor, sprawled out the books and read. Your child's going to learn so much from just observing you. Are you reading in front of your child or are you only reading to your child? Kind of switch that. Instead of reading to your child, let's read with our child and we'll see that difference. Also, I recommend let's choose specific times a day where we're always reading. It's going to become something that your child looks forward to. They kind of, they feel it in their body like, ooh, it's almost reading time. That feeling we get when it's almost lunchtime. We want to get that feeling for reading. So kind of get it in there with your routine. And the last thing is I would definitely recommend that we have those books everywhere that you can possibly think of. I have books in the bathroom because when we're waiting to start that tubby, my daughter's looking over and she's going to grab a book. Those that's really where I would start. I love that. I love that. It's so true. Like I teach fifth and sixth grade this year and we're reading a chapter book right now. And we read lots of picture books too, but they literally on Friday were like, you're, you're not going to read this without us. Like, right. (laughs) And I was like, I promise. And then my fifth graders made me pinky promise with them. We did not touch. It was like an air high five pinky. Um, but they were like, you cannot read this without us. Like we need to read it with you because I actually have, and I do read a lot of my books before I read them to kids. Cause I feel like that's really important. So you kind of know, like, even when you're reading like the tone, you read them. but sometimes I don't read them cause I want to be surprised with them. And so I'm being so surprised with them. And it's just like, so fun. I love that because so reading fun. with them really makes all the difference. They get to see your joy of reading and they also see you modeling that reading really is a lifelong journey. Like, oh my gosh, Miss Henshaw is a reader too. She's loving this book too. It's not just about you teaching them to read. It's really fostering that love of reading. I love that. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so, I love that made my heart so happy. Okay. So I want to know as I'm a struggling reader and I actually had my mom on the podcast last year and I was like, what is it like being a parent of a struggling reader? So there's a lot of kids who struggle with reading. Reading is tough. Reading is hard. And I feel like it's getting harder just, just by what we're wanting the kids to do. And it's, it takes time to build those reading pillars where it's, I don't know what I'm trying to say right now, but I, I think what I'm trying to say is that it takes time to build the reading stamina. It takes time to learn how to think from your reading, that type of thing. So how do you help a parent with a struggling reader? So I just want to start this by saying I was a struggling reader and I never thought in a million years that I would be over here getting my master's in literacy, educating parents on how to foster that love of reading in the home. But I was a struggling reader and I really struggled with comprehension. I was someone that kind of fell through the cracks a little bit. I moved around a lot as a child. I was really strong with fluency. I could decode words really well, meaning I could sit there, read a book of, you know, Harry Potter in front of you. It sounded beautiful. It sounded like I knew what I was talking about. I had no idea what I was talking about. I fell through the cracks with comprehension and really connecting with a book. I didn't get it. I didn't understand like, what's the big whoop? Why are people just getting lost in stories? So there's a lot of different ways that kids can struggle. I think a huge thing is that we need to go back to those foundational skills, what you're talking about, about those pillars. What I mean by that is don't be afraid to look at a child and think, oh my gosh, they're in this grade. They're this many years old. We need to push harder books. We need to get them there. We want them to get there, but we need to let them get there in their own time because we really want to foster that love of reading. The only way that they're going to get there is if they have foundational skills and that we are modeling what good readers do, what it sounds like, what it looks like, and we're helping them find books they love. Otherwise, we're just going to be pushing, pushing, pushing. So I think it's very important that struggling readers, we take a step back, we go back to those foundational skills, and we model it. So with parents, I often recommend if your child doesn't want to read a book, read the book with them. If they don't want to read alone, read the book with them, read it to them. We did that when I taught fourth grade gifted and talented, my children's, but their favorite thing, favorite part of the day, just like you're saying with the read aloud you're doing was when I read to them because they said, I just, I've been reading books on my own for years. I have been, but I love hearing a story and I'm like, I get it. So do I. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I was like, I, you know, when I share my story, it's that it's not that I didn't love reading. I loved reading. I loved listening to stories. It just, I hated to read, but I love when somebody else read me a story. It was like the best time of my For day. Sure. I felt the same way. And that was, I, I felt drawn to it, but I didn't, I, I didn't get it. I couldn't figure out how are people doing this? And it wasn't until I really started developing those skills, those foundational skills, kind of going backwards, which helped me move leaps and bounds as a reader. You mentioned something in your last comment, you talked about how kids get lost in books. So um, a lot of parents think, oh, well, my child doesn't need a picture book, Like that's not at their level. Okay. Sorry to sound a little trite there, but I just can't handle that because it's like picture books are amazing and most are actually written at a middle school level. So my question to you is like, what, why do you read picture books? Like, what do you think picture books do for kids? For humans, for adults. So I have to say, I've had those confetti moments as a child with picture books, but I also have had them as an adult where I literally broke down sobbing reading a board book. 
not exaggerating because I think that books tell an important message no matter what. And these authors and illustrators work so hard together to share a message. I think a lot of times as adults, we need to look at these books as they're going to be teaching our children life lessons, how to have empathy, how to be a better person, how to be a leader, how to love themselves. And I mean, if we go to the research, research says that we need to expose our children to a variety of books. And that means forever. I mean, if your child loves fantasy, we, we really still need to push other genres. We really need to still, and push is the wrong word. We need to expose to other genres because that's what's going to help us be more well-rounded and actually find genres we love that we didn't even think we would love. Like, I never thought in a million years I would be interested in sci-fi. Like, no, push that away from me until someone read it aloud to me. And I was blown away. Like, check out all the books from the library. I'm obsessed. Interesting, because that's the one genre I'm like, eh, I'm good. But all my kids love that genre. And so they, like, try to get me to read it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, I just, it's just not my thing. But, okay, you said something about a board book that made you fall. So I'm going to put you on the spot. And if you don't have one, it's okay. But, like, what is that one book that you read? You were like, oh, my gosh, this makes so much sense. Me, too. Or the feeling or the confetti so moment. For me, as an adult, that book was Wish by Matthew Cordell. And so the, the premise of this book is it's two elephants and they want to have a baby and they're so excited and they make plans for the baby. They dream of the baby and the baby never comes and their world stops. And then the book goes on. They, they learn to nurture one another as elephants. And at the end, their baby comes and, you know, I'm going to get a little teary eyed here, but I've struggled with miscarriages and I, my daughter is that beautiful elephant. I was gifted this book and I just lost it. And I thought, this book's not written for children. This book is written for the parents. And it just shows that books can speak to anyone. And that book might not speak to someone else, but it spoke to me. Oh, I love that. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that Absolutely. with us. And I agree 100%. Like I was reading the book, um, Zoila's Elephant. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're both talking about elephant books. That's adorable. Um, and I read this book. It's about a little girl who like somebody's moving in and it's like, well, what is she doing? Well, I think she's playing with this doll and she has these new friends and it ended up being not at all. And that she wanted a friend too. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that happens to me. Sometimes I'll think something's happening when it's not happening at all. It's just in my mind. And I broke down and was like crying and like, and that's the same thing when I found the um, picture book, Thank You, Mr. Falker by Patricia Polacco. When I was sitting in the U of A, um, University of Arizona bookstore where I went to college, sitting in the bookstore where the children's section is, hashtag does, <laughs> where you can always find me. Um, and I was reading this book and I just started to balk. So I was like, oh my gosh, like there's somebody else who's dyslexic and she's an author. Like I can do anything. And I, at the time, was like, what, 20-something? Like, And I was just, I had such a connection. So I think about kids hearing stories and making those connections. And I think that they need these connections more than ever right now because they see these TikToks and Instagram and everything that they need to be. And it's like, you don't need to be any of that. You just need to be who you are meant to be and let your light shine. And I'm fist pumping oh, I, in my car, yeah, too. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Okay. So 
like we kind of went on a tangent, but I think that's like the best when they're like organic yes. conversations. So you said you're getting your master's. Can you remind me what you're getting it in again? Language, culture, education. So, yes. <laughs> so yes. that's a lot. So, go ahead. I love it. But with that, I think you're learning a little bit about um, wordless picture books. And I am all about the wordless picture book, but I will be honest. I'm all about them, but sometimes I don't really know how to use them, but I know that they're really great for English language learners. Can you kind of talk about wordless picture books and what you're learning Absolutely. about them through your program? So wordless picture books, I definitely find them intimidating as well, because, you know, when we think of using a text as a, you know, something that we can teach from, we think, okay, well, we need the text. And that's not true. The text, those words on the page can but so can the illustrations. Oral language is really that foundation of literacy. And as someone that doesn't speak English as a native language, that's really intimidating to be told, okay, so oral language is the foundation and I don't have that piece. What am I gonna do? Well, and should really build on, expand our English learners' oral language skills in English. And I think really the best way to do that is to provide books that contain all of those literary elements, all of that narrative structure that written texts possess. But without the words, those illustrations can deliver that complete story, can still provide all of that for our English learners, but really meet them where they are with their oral language. In order to really achieve that academic literacy, that academic vocabulary, our English learners have to spend a substantial amount of time in academic talk and like in that area where you're speaking and having that conversation I'm talking real conversation not just a teacher asking questions and the child answering we can do that with wordless picture books so I mean it's even suggested that wordless picture books might be the best medium to help reading processes for all readers not even just English learners and that that does blow my mind I think that they have so much to offer and as a parent, if you're listening to this, those wordless picture books can meet your child no matter how old they are. They can even meet you where you are as an adult. So I think they're fantastic. That's so great. Okay, you said something I want to tap into because I have a very strong opinion yes. on this. So I want to know your opinion. Okay, you're yeah. reading a picture book with a kid. Do you ask questions at the beginning, the middle, oh, or the I end? I think it depends. I think it depends on the book. Uh, the My big thing is you shouldn't ask questions the beginning, the middle, and the end. I think we need to kind of be choosy here with that. Um, but I do think it depends on the reader. It depends on the book. I, with my, when I taught fourth grade, we would read and then we would stop and we would just talk and have an incredibly rich discussion. But sometimes I think that with my younger readers, I really enjoyed stopping and asking questions to predict and get their minds thinking and model what I was thinking before we started reading. I want to know what you think. So I love that. I agree with you when I'm teaching like a skill, but if I'm just reading for fun, I think of it like at a books or at a movie theater. Like I'm laughing because like everyone in my family and friends know this about me. Like I don't want you talking to me during a movie. Like when I'm watching a movie I'm like in the movie, like I am in there. I am like on the set with them and I want to watch everything and I don't want to be interrupted. And I kind of think that when I'm reading a picture book just for fun, like I want to maybe give them a question at the beginning to be thinking about, but I just want to read them the book and then 
after we, I can talk all day after, but during, I, I can't think that's such a good point. I think that, you know, sometimes, and I, and I'm speaking to parents here, there's that feeling of you want to check and make sure your kid quote unquote gets it. Like, well, how do I know they're getting it? How do I know they're comprehending and understanding? And like you said, we, let's wait to have some of that discussion and trust the process. Your child's going to be soaking it all up as you're reading. But I think as parents, there can be that pull to be checking in, checking in. And we definitely don't have to. Yes. And I think that's kind of what you said earlier about we're trying to build the love for reading. So if your child doesn't like to read in every five seconds, you're like, well, what happened? Like, blah, blah. No. they're not going to love it. You just need to read it. And they're doing because I would sometimes when I first started teaching, I'd be like, well, how, like what you said, like, how do I know if they're getting it? Like they're thinking, even if they're not saying anything out loud, they're thinking, they're asking themselves questions and they're doing the work absolutely more than you think they are. Yes. Oh my gosh. This has been like such a fun conversation. So I, now like we've been talking about reading, which I love, but like my major love is just talking about picture books in general. So I need to know, um, I know you shared wish already, but what is your all time favorite picture book that gave you so a steady moment? It's funny because, okay, I'll just say, so Chrysanthemum by Kevin Hankies is my favorite <sighs> picture book. And you know, I had to really stop and think, why am I so obsessed with this book? You know, at one point, I think it was my second year teaching. I was so obsessed with this book. I mean, every child I thought, oh my gosh, you have to read this book. And I, I did a little reflecting because it's not like I have some strange name that I was connecting with Chrysanthemum um, about, you know, my name's Lauren. There was always another girl at my school named Lauren. I thought, so why do I feel so connected? Why do I feel like I saw myself in this book? And I really think it comes from the fact that I moved around a lot as a kid. You know, I've read books where the girl moves around. I never felt that moment where I thought, oh my gosh, I see myself in this book until Chrysanthemum. I think I read it um, the first time it was read to me was in third grade. And by that time, I think I'd already been in maybe six or seven schools, maybe even eight. And I felt that feeling where home was a safe place. And if you haven't read Chrysanthemum, her parents are amazing. They're so nurturing. But when she goes to school, she's really embarrassed and feels, you know, bullied because of her name. And I was just blown away reading that book, feeling really heard. And I read it the very first day of school every single year that I was teaching in the classroom because I love it that much. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love, love, love that. Okay. So I'm going to ask you another question you don't know about. Now I, when people ask me, they're like, what's your favorite book right now? And I'm like, okay, well it's my favorite book right now at 11:31 AM, but like it could change like tonight. So right now, like what is your favorite gosh. new picture book? This is a hard question. Oh, um, so it's, it's actually a picture book that a picture book. Sorry. It's actually a wordless book. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it's brand new, but it's called the butterfly by Laura Logan. I think it's called the butterfly. And I gave it to my daughter for her birthday. And I just keep going back to this book. It is so beautiful. It tells an incredible story, um, of having empathy and, and loving others, loving other creatures truly. And 
I just keep going back to this book. I love this book so much. It, I think it's my favorite right now. It just keeps, it keeps sitting out. You know what I mean? I can't replace it on the shelf. Oh my gosh. I love, love, love that. Okay. What is your pick? What is the picture book that you can now so wait told to you come about out in 2021? Podcast, but I'm so excited about it because so Steve Jenkins, I think knocks it out of the park with nonfiction. He makes nonfiction cool. Um, for a lot of my readers that thought, oh, I'm not really interested in nonfiction, I thought, oh, my gosh, you have to read Steve Jenkins' books because they're so good. And 100 Animals, it's a lift the flap book. It's going to be so fantastic. I think that nonfiction really needs to be in the hands of young readers. I think most people, when they look at their libraries, they see a lot of fiction and not as much nonfiction. And I'm excited about this one. I think it's going to be great for families. So. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love when you said you have to check out this book. Like, I feel like books connect people. Like they've connected us. I like, know. Oh, what's your favorite book? And you're like, <laughs> what's your favorite book? And oh my gosh, I love it so much. Um, all right. Oh my gosh, Lauren, it's been so fun talking to you. I could just keep doing this, but where can my confetti so moments listeners find you? Is like my little corner of the internet that I created for parents to feel supported, to nurture their child's development with early literacy. Um, I'm, I kind of share that bite-sized research, book recommendations, tips, activities. I share free resources and my home is really my blog, laurensliteracycorner.com. But I met Courtney and I meet a lot of you through Instagram. I try and update that daily and I stay there answering lots of questions because I just really want to connect with you. So please don't hesitate. Come say hi. If you want to talk about your child specifically, it's my passion. I'm so excited to do it. So thank you. Oh my gosh, Lauren, it's been so fun talking to you. I, like I, we haven't even met in person and I feel like I know you so well and I can't and wait for us. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm trying to get y'all to come to California so we can go book shopping and it's going to be so much fun. So thank you so much. And it was such thank a pleasure you so having, having you on Confetti Moments today. Hey teachers, how are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them and leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic.